left in as many weeks. Welcome to the show. This is the original judo podcast. Interview today is with the amazing Sophie Cox. She's a double Olympian with four European Championship medals and now competing at Masters level in both judo and BJJ. I think she might be European Masters Champion for judo and uh, Purple Belt World Masters Champion in BJJ, which is obviously amazing. Um, so managed to record more than an hour of chat with, with Sophie. And I'm sure if you've you've downloaded this, you're already thinking there's nowhere near that much uh, in the podcast. Whilst I managed to get uh, Sophie's recording perfect, I managed to not get any of my own audio, and I've had to add, like add the edit the questions back in retrospectively. So I'm I'm sure no one's gonna miss my witty repartee. Uh, Rather than asking the questions as if we were doing the interview, I've tried to pose them all retrospectively, so I hope that's not too annoying. But it does mean that I had to chop out some of the more conversational pieces as I couldn't remember what I'd asked. Um, Normally I'd try and redo the interview, but again, been super busy over the last couple of months. And I thought some of the stuff that Sophie was saying was absolutely brilliant. And I didn't know if we'd be able to get it again. So I hope the interview, I hope you guys enjoy the interview. So start with the usual questions um, from the podcast about how she got started in judo and then some of the highlights of her judo career. About six years old um, when I got started. Um, it was one of those things where uh, it went along to different sports, the summer camps. So during school holidays, boom, right, what's on? I've got three sisters, um, so <laughs> I think during, especially during the summer holidays, my mum and dad were like, get out of the house, go and do something. They just wanted us to do anything and everything. We didn't have a TV either when I was growing up. Um, one of those weird little things, uh, my mum and dad were a bit, I guess, strange like that, but had the principles, so no television in the house, so off you go, go and do something. <laughs> and Gina was just one of those things that was an offer at the, the local school. I did fencing, netball, trampoline in hockey. I did American football once. I was only about eight. I don't know what was going on. Um, but, yeah, Gina was one of those that I just kept and, and stuck with. I'll always remember things like, you know, being up at Kendall and doing crazy training weekends up there. Um, I remember one time just... I was, I was only young, you know, flying on the mat and just going like, I cannot even stand up at this point in time. Um, it's sleeping in sleeping bags on the mat. Me and, me and my friend Jane staying up till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, chatting and then having to get up at, at 6 o'clock and do it. And he was a session, things like that. Um, so that, that was back in the early days. Um, the first Japan trip that I did with Loretta and the junior team, I uh, remember putting my hands... I think it was me and Faith Pittman. You know, our hands were so sore from the gripping. We were putting in ice after the session. We were like, just, because ah, we weren't used to that, just that intensity of training. So ice in our hands, I forget. forget. And we, we stayed for the first bit of it. I remember, you know, the, the proper time, the proper rollout mats, the straw mats. I was like, this is, this is the real deal now, you know. Um, so great experiences there. Uh, Tournament-wise, my, my, my European championships where I fought um, Fernandez, Isabel Fernandez in the final, um, and I was winning, 
and I was winning, you know, <laughs> it's one of those things, I was winning with about 30 seconds to go, uh, so I was beating a double Olympic champion at the time, uh, yeah, you know, it was, and I think it, that, that thought kind of ran through my head, and as that thought ran through my head, I, I got thrown <laughs> for a Yuko, so we were a Yuko each, and then I had a penalty, you know, at, at that time, that, that, so that won it for her, but that was my first, like, was my first taste of, I'm, I'm here with the, with the big, you know, in the big league, if you know what I mean, in, in the real, like I can, I can, I can hold my own with with the 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 top in the world, the best in the world. Um, so, so one of the amazing opportunities she had was at the age of eleven, she became the first woman to play rugby at Wembley. Yeah, yeah, that that is true. I was only eleven at the time. Crazy, um, I played from when I was eight years old, rugby union. Um, I don't believe my dad was a big rugby fan, so got us into it. Um, <clears throat> it was kind of kind of went hand in hand with judo at the time. You know, imagine you could do like grab sense and we're on Gary, so you know, doing doing the rugby tackle. Um, so they they did kind of complement each other. Uh, and yeah, at, at eleven years old, I went went off and played at Wembley. Um, it's quite quite a big deal at the time. I just you know didn't really think much about it, but you know it is there in in history, I guess. Was she aware of the kind of uh, media that her appearance caused? No, I do you know what it was one that I was always a really shy little girl. Um, just I loved it, like being on the sporting field. It was great. I was in my element, but outside of that, um, I was I was quite shy. So this attention that came from that, you know, I realised there was something big going on. But I'm just this little girl going, ah, I just want to play rugby, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, it was on Blue Peter. It was, you know, headlines. The back page of the Telegraph with this, with this big. Was it the Garden? I don't know. One of them too. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was big news because uh, English rugby league at the time was, I guess, run by an old man's club who, who thought the girls shouldn't be playing. Um, so we had to go all the all the way through to the highest levels of, of Parliament to get the rules changed. Um, but no, I wasn't aware of it at the time at all. Um, I just know that I was getting a lot of attention. <laughs> Not all of it that, that I appreciated. But now I look back and go, yeah, well, yeah, good, good, good for my little eleven-year-old self. That was that was a good thing to do. Do you know what? It's it's amazing, isn't it? What what you what you cope with when you're so young. So we did play at um, Scotland Stadium. I remember, so a nice big pitch. This sort of thing with, with a bit of a crowd. But this was. This was a total, total another level, um, and it was a massive. Imagine, you know, we're only like a massive pitch. It's just this huge pitch, and we we're just kind of like these tiny little figures in the middle, <laughs> just, just running around. But at the end of the day, you're just playing a rugby match. It's like when you get you get on the judo mat, you you're just doing a judo match, you know. So you're just doing your sport. So it wasn't over overwhelming in that kind of sense but it was a nice it was a nice vibe it was a good good feeling to go yeah look I'm something special you know (laughs) being out there and doing it going back to judo Sophie competed at the Manchester Commonwealth Games um she's relatively local so I wanted to know what it felt like to what did it feel like to compete at Manchester well Born in Manchester, so St Mary's Hospital, Manchester. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Manchester born and bred. Yeah, that, that was, I guess, my first real, real taste of uh, competition and being bigger than judo. Um, you know, being a big part, something that was bigger. 
but it wasn't the best tournament for me. Um, I lost in the semi-final to a girl from Scotland, Jenny Bryant, who, I, you know, I felt like I, sh- I should have been able to beat, even though I got the bronze medal at the end of it. It wasn't um, it wasn't one of those where I was like, yeah, that's my best tournament. Um, but, you know, it was it was good, the result. It was really good to be on home turf and to to be able to, to do that for friends and family, but it didn't leave. It left me with a bit of a bitter taste, that, that, <laughs> that competition. Competing across two Olympic Games, how did those experiences, competing at Athens and London, how did they compare? Two completely different experiences, I guess. Just um, Athens, uh, it was amazing. I was young, I was uh, probably naive, you know, I didn't really have a clue what was going on. I was just following what, yeah, just, it was it was brilliant. Um, I remember the, the training camp in Cyprus before, the holding camp, and, you know, being all around that, we had, you know, the box, Audrey Harrison was, was there and things like this, and I was just, just this little, I don't know, just, just this little judo player, you know, um, and the tournament, you know, was, was, generally pretty good as well um got to the last eight um competed in the, in the quarterfinals against the, the korean girl who won it oh sorry she got silver that year actually she'd won won the won the year before uh, sorry the time before um so you know lost lost in the quarterfinals but um and i came back through the repertoire and i think that loss kind of just was was a bit of a, a knock for me I didn't have the kind of mental tools at that time this just shows my i guess immaturity at the time or the way it was set up but I was, you know I was 23 I didn't really have the tools to be able to come back and, and perform at my best so I didn't get through the the next fight um but in terms of experience it was it was just amazing um as was London as was London it was a total I, I love being part of the team in London just being home turf being on Having the support of friends and family and everyone just rooting for you was just incredible. Um, but you know, it was it was it definitely was a different vibe. Um, maybe I was I was a lot obviously a, a lot maturer in in London, um, but probably didn't have quite the 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 feeling that this is this is what I really want to achieve as as what I did in Athens. But it was it was just an amazing experience still. After her retirement, did she know that she'd eventually come back to judo? Um, in my head, it was a permanent retirement. In my heart, <laughs> it wasn't. And you know, by the time I was coming back in 2010, so I retired in 2005 uh, after the World Championships. Uh, so I'd, I'd got a silver medal at the Europeans um, where I, I, I should have won it, really. Um, and then I went to the World Championships and, and lost my first fight. And then they closed... Um, they closed the Bisham Abbey where I was training in terms of setup, um, and I felt a little bit, well, more than I, I just felt lost really, um, like I didn't have a, a like any purpose in judo anymore, I guess. Um, so my heart wasn't in it anymore. Um, so you know, I thought, all right, I'll go away for a few months, six months, maybe a year, <laughs> and, and then you know, see see how I'm feeling. So. In my head, I kind of was like, right, I'm going to walk away. But in my heart, I still wanted to do it. <laughs> it's just it needed to be the right time and the right kind of 
motivation for me to come back. So I, I didn't mean for it to be as long as, as what it was, really. You know, I kind of didn't even... 2016, uh, for example, wasn't even... Uh, sorry, not 2016. 2008 wasn't really on my, my radar when it was in Beijing. Um, you know, I didn't even think about the Olympic Games at that point. I was just doing what I was doing. Um, but by the time 2010 came around... I had the idea that I maybe wanted to go back and and do some judo again. Um, yeah, it just it just kind of it felt right at the time. When she came back, was the aim for London? Um, did did she have a goal immediately, or did she just miss judo and want to get back into it? Yeah, I, I just wanted to do judo again. <laughs> I just had a, a passion for doing judo, and the Olympics was kind of a goal to have but it was it was something to, to work towards which is great because I found that I kind of need those goals and need those targets to aim at um, so it's a good excuse for me to get back into judo so without that then I probably wouldn't have got back into judo but I, I love just just being just being around judo and, and training again and, and doing it for the sake of it so I think you know, Thailand, they, there's not much judo going on in Thailand. And I, I, I said, right, because, um, you know, I thought, I just want to keep my eye in there. Um, and I did find um, one guy who was on the, the Thai team at some point and he was teaching to some high school kids. So I, I just joined in with them, really. So for a few, probably over the space of about nine months, I did a bit of judo. I even competed out there for for them, <laughs> like for their for their team, which was quite good. But um, there wasn't a lot going on, so I filled my time with. Um, in terms of wanting to keep fit and train, I, I, I obviously did the thing to do out there is Thai boxing. So I did and then started training a bit of Thai boxing. Um, but again, because I need, you know, I like goals, I like targets, I like things to a reason for it. Um, you know, I thought, all right, I'll, I'll sign myself up for a couple of fights. <laughs> Yeah, so so I did a couple of fights out there as well. So with a background and in, in, in judo and then mixing in um, the strike in the Muay Thai, did she ever think about getting involved in MMA? Definitely. When I came back in 2010, um, I started training and helping out a girl called Rosie Sexton, who was, uh, well, she, she was a very good MMA fighter, um, fought in the UFC. And she wanted to do a bit, bit more grappling stuff. Um, and she kind of she planted the seed like oh you could do MMA you could you be this you could be that I was kind of like yeah that's cool but you know it's one of them where it is a it's a big sport in itself um, you know BJJ judo there's a lot of similarities but they but they're big sports in themselves so they, there's a lot of separation as well and MMA is is a whole other arena you know and I thought. Uh, if if I hadn't have got into the judo again, then maybe I would have gone that way. But really, you want to be, you know, 20, 21, 22, get, getting into that scene and, and starting on your career, not 28, 29, which is, which is where I was. Um, and, you know, I like the idea of it, but I was like, right, realistically, <laughs> is this going to be for me? Um, and I, I, I didn't have that passion. I had the passion for judo more than, than something like that. At both Olympics, she ended up fighting uh, against eventual medalists. Looking back, how does she feel about her performances? Yeah, so the North Korean in the first one, she, she's got an amazing record. 
she won at 48. She she got a medal at 52s and so silver at 57. It's a ridiculous record, that girl. Um, and I had a great fight against her. I was looking. It was one of those which, you know what, I didn't watch it back for at least a year, maybe maybe longer, because I just couldn't work out why I did what I did. You know, I came in for a, a poor attack. She just counted it. I, I didn't need to do it. So, um, yeah, for that, it's just ridiculous. And then the girl who I was in London, so she won in, she'd, she'd won the game. Oh, sorry, she's got silver in, in 2016. Why don't you say 2016? She got silver in, in 2008 at Beijing. Uh, and she hadn't really been on the scene and she wasn't really on my, my radar as one to watch out for, if you know what I mean. I should qualified and stuff and then I got her in the draw and like oh hang on a second like what what have I done to prepare for this girl um and she just came through really really strong in the end and beat the Japanese girl the next the next, you know I had a tough draw at her and then I, I would have had the Japanese it was ra- ranked number one uh, Nakamura and you know it was it was one of them where I was like oh well I'll get past this girl and and I'll, and I'll fight Nakamura and this is what I'm going to do with her um but yeah, she, she she dominated that 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 competition definitely. Having had such a long period away from the sport and having come back for relatively a short Olympic cycle, was she happy with her uh, performance at London, or would she have done anything differently? A bit half and half. I hadn't done in my mind looking back on it. I hadn't done enough preparation for her specifically. If I was going to do it again, I would have you know really just done my homework on every single fighter who, who might have been a problem but you know um I'd done enough homework and and I thought she was gonna throw right-handed uh, Uchimata and yeah, she, she threw uh, left-handed Uchimata no no I thought she was gonna throw left-handed Uchimata and in the end she threw right-handed Uchimata you know so you can do enough homework the way you prepare generally is you know you've got your A game I was gonna go out and do my judo and as, as much as I could, um, you know, you, you have to do your duo first and, and your fight first, and then um, try and try and deal with that. So I, I had prepared, but yeah, maybe maybe not enough. Um, it was it was it was it was a strange one, but you know, I was absolutely good at the time. And then I looked and I looked at her performance, what she did after that. Now she got she got through to the to win in the end, and I was like, wow, okay, so she was on form that day, you know. <laughs> did she have any regrets about her career? Yeah, interesting. I, I don't think it's regrets because it's hard because um, I love where I am now and I love doing what I am now. And, you know, if circumstances or things have been different, I won't be where I, where I am now. But I, I would love to have seen what would happen if I hadn't retired um, and I hadn't left in 2005. Uh, um, I had the opportunity to go over to you know, to go off to France and maybe train train over there for a bit with Jane Bridge at the time. Um, you know, what what would my judo career have looked like then? Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I like to think judo judo is a sport and it's a way of life and everything. But there's there's a whole other life as well which I've experienced. Um, so regrets, no. But I would have done things maybe. Leading up to 2012, I would have been a bit more conscious of tournaments I was fighting 
um, and yeah, just a little bit more of like how I was preparing for that. But you know, it's it's easy to say that in uh, <laughs> when you're looking back on it, isn't it? So Sophie was a member of Bake Up Judo Club from from eight years old. How did that, and then obviously the people who were there, influence her career? When I started up there, Brian Moore was in charge of the um, cadet boys team. Um, so the the the, the, the GB cadet boys team. So and he ran that he ran that for, for a lot of years. So I had exposure to this level of training um, in terms of like it just drag us on and make me join him with all the lads. <laughs> and, uh, um, he's just a very charismatic figure, and people are, are drawn to him in terms of his his style of going. You know, he's a dis- disciplinarian, but he, he will make you and he'll make you do what what you need to do. But at the same time, you know, he can he can just bring out the the fun side of stuff. So it's it's him more than anything else, I think, that that makes the blades thrive. Um, people are drawn to that and then if you've got two or three good players at a club it kind of sort of spurs on the next people and the next people so I was lucky that when I started there I had a group of uh, kind of older girls who were doing really well. Karina Bryant was on the national squad you know there's a, there's a few who were a little bit older and a little bit better than me and they could look after me but draw bring me on at the same time so if you can get that constant kind of loop then that's great and it's like people like uh like like, like pete blood at skk you know there's this concept of like 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 loop of players coming through because they see what's happening in front of them they can feed off that and they, and they go again um and and new clubs young clubs across the country are kind of getting that vibe but it, it takes time to build up and patience and a really strong leader so i guess that's where um yeah where, where brian comes in and where that that club really continues to to grow and thrive does she still get back to the club Do you know what i still go up every thursday um to bake up and help to to coach the, the youngsters and, and the seniors coming through um and obviously trying trying to do a bit of training myself there but we there's a, there's a great team there in terms of, you know, I can coach or there's there's three other, two, two or three other people there. Brian doesn't do so much himself. He, he kind of lets us get on with it now. Um, he's handed that over. But there's there's two or three other people. I can train if I want to. I can go, right, you guys are taking a session tonight. I'm, I'm just going to go and train and do my own stuff. So still go up there. There's, um, yeah, I think it's important for... Uh, the youngsters coming through to see that we've still got training ethic and we will we, we will do that um, and put our, put ourselves through it as much as they will. Um, we get visitors coming all the time, so um, you know putting on a good practice for them is important. Um, but yeah, just being around that and being uh, that is you know is my family as much as anything else. So it's great to to be able to go up there and, and still be able to do that. So if you weren't aware of Sophie's judo career, you might be aware of her, I guess, online presence. She's quite active on YouTube and, and on her website. She's got a lot of different things going on. And one of the really cool things I really like are the John Wick videos um, where she demonstrates all the moves from the movies. So how did they come about? 
and that, and that was just something that came about. I, I filmed this um, judo for, for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu day a while ago. I'd say a while ago. I'm, I'm literally talking about three years ago. I'm for, for MMA. So, and the guy who filmed it for us, Stuart Tomlinson, with the one collected, you know, he, he wants to put it out there. We just haven't found the right platform for it. But I went along and we're like, right, let, let's do a little bit of a, a promo for it. So we're doing stuff. And then I was like, oh, have you seen, seen the movie John Wick? And yeah. Oh, have you seen the judo in that? It's like, yeah. So let, let's do some, some moves from that. So it's a really off the cuff kind of like, but, you know, it works. And it's, it's what judo needs, I guess. And, you know, I, I loved filming. It was great. <laughs> So as we said, Sophie's super active online. Um, she's still active in judo and BJJ coaching and performing. She does a lot with women in sport as well. How did all these things come about? You know, I look out there and I see what's on offer and I go, well, I can do that. <laughs> I, can, I can do better than that. Or, you know, I, I see what there is out there. Um, so I do want to use my skill set. Uh, I think that's that's important, you know. You know, I think you spoke a little bit before about you know sort of role models and and, and being out there and giving. I want to give back a little bit as well. Um, so yeah, if I can use those channels to do that, then that's great. Um, so my main thing is you know uh, being part of being part of the community, um, being part of Bake Up Judo Club still, uh, and bringing the youngsters on, being part of the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu community, um, and bringing. Uh, sort of more, sort of that 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 crossover between the judo and BJJ um, and females in sport as well. I think that that's important as well. Why is it important for judo as a sport that there are women only sessions? It's a very physical sport. So say you're an older lady, say say you know an adult, and and you're going along to a judo session. There's lots of compromising positions for for a start. You know you kind of yeah, it's very physical contact. So if you're training with a guy and and it's or you know you introduce juice to it with a with a guy. It's maybe it's like you know a bit bit of an uncomfortable situation. Only within today's society. Once you get past that, I think you you know you see the girls who are doing really well, um, and and you know they they absolutely don't care at all. They're they're hardcore and they've they've been through that and they're at the top for a reason. Um, but the ones who are maybe trying to start off in something and the girls who who start off in it and then maybe drop off at, at teenage level. I think this is the key, actually. So, you know, they, they might be quite good as, as youngsters, but they drop off in, in the teen years. just find it a little bit uncomfortable um, to be that in close contact with a guy and be, be, able, be really, um, I guess, um, pitting, their, pitting themselves against them physically. And, you know, it, it's not always that comfortable situation. So... Um, you have to be a certain, certain kind of mindset for, for girls. The, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu club that I train at, um, you know, we, we, there's a few girls coming through, but it's whether they stick it or not because of how how it feels training with guys. What can clubs do to get more women involved? Uh, you know, it's, it's quite quite interesting because um, I did an interview just before this <laughs> for for. Uh, uh, a site called Women Women Who Fight, who obviously are very female orientated. We, we were talking a little bit about this. Um, so, I guess 
I would say for clubs, um, you know, girls and boys need to be encouraged to train together from a from a young age. Absolutely, hundred percent. And if they, you know, when I was six, seven, eight, nine, it was absolutely just just the norm. So at kids' age, just just get it to be the norm. But later on, I think introducing women for a female-only sessions is great. Um, and then if they want to carry on. To, if they want to take it to the next level, it's, it's finding finding your why. <laughs> I said I'm coining a phrase as a um, yeah, there's a, a personal training instructor who goes, "Well, you've got to find your why. You know, what's your why? Why are you doing this?" But it, it is true. So if female if ladies are coming through and they just want to get fit uh, or learn learn a new skill, then they're probably better off just doing it with other females and or you know. Just, just doing it for fun. Um, so that means, you know, offering ladies only sessions is, is a good thing. If they want to get serious and competitive, then they're gonna have to train with the guys. Um, because there's, you know, that that's just what what you have to do. Um, it's realistic. It, it makes sense. Um, so the more female role models we can put out there and say this is this is how you do it and this is what you do, then then that's that that's gonna help. But for clubs. I think if you want to attract adults, then it's got to be female-only sessions, and and say you know it's it's, it's just about fitness and, and learning new skills in a way. She's also involved with the England squad, the cadet squad coaching. Um, so what does having that role mean to her? You know, it's 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 responsibility. It is, um, and for me, you know, take taking on that responsibility is is important, I guess. Uh, but I love being able to see these young players and coming through and trying to give them a bit of 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 what I've experienced, I guess. But understanding that it's their own path, which is which is the most important thing. You know, I just I just think that um, everyone should do judo. You know, what I mean? so if I can give some of my passion back, then um, then that's the most important thing. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I hope that uh, I'm I'm doing a good job. I believe I am from from feedback, and I've had some good, let's say, some good mentors to learn from. So in August, um, Sophie's got a, a camp coming up. It's a female fighter camp. Um, can she tell us a little bit more about it? It's something that I want to I want to do more of um, because I've had such a great response from it. I think me being one foot in both camps with the judo and the Brazilian jiu jitsu is kind of you know it's 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 a really great thing um so i'm doing a female fighters camp it's judo brazilian jiu-jitsu uh 24th to 26th of august got some great instructors coming along doing that i mean brazilian jiu-jitsu what is it you know it's it's just judo niwaza in a way (laughs) but the you know to to certain rules so it's very useful for for judo everyone coming together having a really good time training hard learning some new stuff but ultimately having a lot of fun <laughs> so um that that's that's the vibe i'm kind of go, trying to go for really finally coming to the end of the interview um she talks about perhaps the the highlight reel for a career and then another match that she thinks really sums up what judo is about there's some highlights on, on my youtube channel there's highlights uh, from 2011 from the europeans then uh, but, uh, beating Kel Mendy. Um, 
I've lost in the semi final, but I beat uh, Anna Karas Kozu, who was a, a world bronze medalist at the time. So I had a really good good day. Um, so highlights from that, I guess. So not one particular match, but a kind of a vibe. Um, yeah, that that would be my go-to for that. <laughs> People want to watch that. Um, and in terms of other people, oh, there's a couple. Um, so in terms of like that, I guess the mental kind of side of judo, the Travis Stevens uh, match from from 2012 uh, was was a really big one. But Sally Conway fighting the the French girl, absolute classic. Because I mean, I love Sally. I've, I've known Sally for ages since we were at Bishon together. Uh, she's she's an absolute star um, for a start as a person. But it's just judo it is most simplistic and best. She's getting held down. She's just like she's not. I'm not accepting this. I'm not getting held down. And just just turns her over. Just the basic, most simple judo kind of kind of. Ah, just just amazing, um, you know, and just just carries carries that that feeling of this this is judo and this is this is what it's about for me. We get a brief uh, most beautiful thing she's ever destroyed answer here. <laughs> oh God! Um, right, so I guess. Um, <laughs> I lost my wedding ring. How about that? <laughs> so big, big trouble there. Um, so yeah, when I fought in the world, uh, the world veterans last year, I put my my <laughs> I, I put your ring in your your jacket pocket. <laughs> so yeah, I, I went out the competition. I put it in my jacket pocket. Um, and gone on. And then I get injured, and I kind of everything gets a bit chaotic. Uh, and I managed to leave it at the competition. My jacket, that is, with, with the ring inside. And the final answer is, what's the best bit of advice that she'd pass on to a younger athlete? It's persevere. It's grit. It's determination. It's not. It's it's not being necessarily the best. It is absolutely what you believe you can push your body to do in terms of judo or push yourself through mentally and physically so um find your purpose i would say you know really chase that that reason for the being who you are and, and where you want to be in in life in general um and be absolutely 100 percent determined that it doesn't have to happen tomorrow but you know it's it's gonna happen and yeah grit absolutely 100 percent What's she got coming up? There's a female fighters camp in August, uh, 24th to 26th. Um, I'm coaching at a, another um, a judo camp that my friend Danny Carr is running. Um, and that's the sort of 13th to 16th of August as well. Um, and just generally, I'm going to be um, launching a sort of online coaching section to, to, to my business um, so yeah you can find that selfiefoxstudio.co.uk and how can people find out more or get in touch with her yeah best, best place is a place like Facebook Studio, Instagram same um, that direct message me anytime that's fine um, 
website uh, and, and email, um, you'll be able you'll be able to to find me quite easily, I think, <laughs> um, through, through social media. But yeah, Sophie Fox Judo is is the best way to go, and Sophie at sophiefoxjudo.co.uk is is the the email to go to. Thank you for sticking with it, guys. I hope that wasn't too hard to listen to. Um, once again, thanks for Sophie for getting involved. It was brilliant having you on, and I'm sorry that I made a real mess of the recording. And I hope everyone took something away from that because I thought it was a really fun chat, really insightful. She's had some incredible experiences, and she's doing some great things at the moment. Um, as ever, go away, tell your friends about the podcast, share, retweet, and leave a review. Catch you soon.